Welcome to episode 317 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, the only pinball podcast that you know your wife also listens to. So guys, I feel really, really excited to talk to you about this edition of Canada's Pinball Podcast. On this show, I'm going to give you this, the Canada Insider info that I've been teasing you with. You know me. I just, I'm just going to say everything I know about Stern's 2019 release plans. I'm just going to put it all in one show. This way you don't have to like come back and, and hope I do a little bit at a time. You're going to get it all in this show at the end. So I hope you listen to it. Uh, but before I do that, I want to tell you about a kind of crazy night I had last night. I, I almost felt like I died and went to pinball heaven. So let me start at, at sort of the end of the night. Kaneda is on the ground, blacked out, blacked out. And I come through and what do I see? I see a row of pinball machines in this beautiful New York City loft apartment. I see Ben Heck on a TNA having the time of his life. I see another guy saying, hey, Canada, are you Chris? Are you all right? You all right, man? You fell down. And right in that moment, I thought I might have been in pinball heaven. Uh, but then I also saw a Paps Blue Ribbon machine to my left. And I realized if I had died and gone to pinball heaven, there probably wouldn't be a PBR machine. Uh, but that's what happened to me. I blacked out and came through in probably the coolest pinball setup apartment game room I have ever been in. I want to thank my friend Adam in New York City for inviting Ben and I to come over and enjoy his incredible collection there. I hope it's the first of many great nights we have inside the apartment. But Canada couldn't handle it. I was probably 48 hours on lack of sleep. I had I got sick the night before. I'd been in Minneapolis on a new business pitch, and I was tired, but I went right from the airport to Adams, and we were partying, and all of a sudden, I went to walk about 30 feet, and then that was it, lights out. I don't even know what happened until I woke up, and then I, there's a picture of me lying on the ground, uh, pillow under my head. These guys did a great job of nursing me back to life. There was about a two-hour period in which every other pinball podcast had the advantage, but I but I came back for you, the listener of the show. But I will make that photo the um, the picture of this podcast. If you look at it, it you can kind of see in my face. I'm looking up, almost dreaming of what it would be like if we finally got the Ghostbusters code update we've been waiting for. Uh, so that was last night. Incredible time. Adam, thank you so much. Ben, heck, always a pleasure to see you out and about. Um, I love this guy. I love passionate pinball people. Um, I'll talk a little bit about what it's like to play a bunch of games. And Adam has a great lineup of games. He's got the Beatles. He's got Paps Blue Ribbon. Uh, he's got Iron Maiden LE. He's got a Deadpool LE. He's got a Beatles. Did I say Beatles already? Uh, he's got a T2. He's got a TNA. Uh, what else is there here? I'm missing something. I'm missing a few games. Uh, it's okay. He's got a Walking Dead LE. He's got a Metallica LE. And the games are beautiful. I mean, beautiful condition. Everything is gorgeous. I want to say this. It is really cool when you do have a variety of games in which each game is different. Each game sort of complements the other game. I won't lie to you. I wish I had room for more games because I would love to have a few more of those games in a lineup myself. Now, here's the part that really surprised me. The game that we had a lot of fun on, the game that we played first, the game that sort of pulled us in uh, as we were just partying and having a good time was the Beatles. And the Beatles is a game that when it came out, right, we all sort of lost our shit because of the pricing of the game. 
But the Beatles really is a great game to play with people. It is a lot of fun. Adam has a platinum edition of the game. Uh, and, it, and it's such a good game for a group of people to jump on immediately. And, and I'll explain why. Not only is it beautiful to look at, uh, it sounds great, but it's easy to explain to people what to do. And I think that's something that uh, TNA also has. These two games are very similar in the sense that you can stand over them and explain to people what to shoot for. And then right away, you're in it. You're playing it. You're having a good time. You know exactly what you need to shoot for. You understand uh, in the Beatles, like, which song equals which shot objectives. And then you're off going to do it. I also like that in the, in the Beatles game, the scoring isn't like 1 billion, 700 million. You know, it's much more realistic scoring. And I think that also helps as you're tracking your progress against the other players. But great light show in the game really surprised me. It really did surprise me how much fun the Beatles was. All right. Uh, you know, and TNA, similarly, we had just so much fun on that game. So lots to be said for simple fun in pinball, it seems like. And I do hope to get more time on a lot of these machines. And so uh, you're going to see Canada playing games a lot more, hopefully, so you guys will get uh, different opinions about these games. Now, that being said, whenever I ask, you're going to get a Munster, it's like, no, man, no Munsters. But there is a, a two Munsters LEs were actually delivered to Sunshine Laundromat in Brooklyn. I never understand why they buy two. Why, why would you buy two games for the I don't I, I don't get that but Peter's kind of crazy he does stuff like that he has like Cactus Canyon games in the window in direct sunlight at sunshine uh, it's crazy to me how much he just puts these rare games he has a Beatles I think he has a Beatles diamond edition I want to say he has a diamond edition Beatles out on location for play like why would you do that why wouldn't you just put a Beatles gold it's the same exact game and he has all his games right next to each other, so there's absolutely no point in putting the, the more highly sought-after collectible version uh, again, you know, jammed up against another pin. So uh, that was my night. That was my night, and it was kind of crazy. It was kind of awesome. Uh, the one benefit is I, I got to wake up, and my head was still hurting. I must have hit my head pretty hard. I I, I didn't feel it at first. Uh, but it is kind of scary when you wake up and your your mind is somewhere, but your body won't respond. And, and it was I, I was a little scared, and I and I, I almost felt more embarrassed for them to have to watch me, sort of be on the ground like a dead man, Canada down, Canada out. No, but we're back, and we're back, and we're doing the show this morning. And I dedicate this show to Adam and Ben for 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 such a great night. Now, what are we going to talk about before we get to the Stern 2019 plans? I know that's what you guys all want to hear. Let's do a little housekeeping and then we'll get to that. Something I saw this interesting thread on Pinside. I wanted to to touch base on it. it some guy wrote, "What if anything to say to a significant other?" And this is from Pinside user Holman Whole, wait, whole men one? I don't know. He's from uh, Walnut Creek, California. Long story short, I don't want to read the whole thing. He loves pinball. He has a dialed-in pinball machine that he loves. His wife is always grilling him about it, making fun of him for owning it. And he said that they had a dinner party. And another couple came over. And they were all talking, having wine, having a great night. Later in the evening, they get to talking about pinball. 
and his friend sees the game and his eyes light up like a kid in a candy store and all four of them start playing dialed in Ellie and are having a good time and then his wife starts crapping on the game making fun of it and he's basically saying it put a dark cloud over the entire experience and he said other than her hate of pinball She's absolutely an amazing wife. And his question to the community is, what would you do? What would you say if your wife was doing that? And what what would you do, listener of the show? I'm curious. So here's what I would do. I just wouldn't let my wife, which is now Brenda, insult something that I enjoyed. Because I think it's disrespectful to crap on something that your significant other is really into and passionate about. And I can tell you... Uh, When that happens, it does create division within a relationship. And in life, we should end up with people who support the things we love, especially, you know, things that are innocuous and, 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 you know, like pinball. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with loving pinball. You know, it's not like you're asking her to get into something that's uh, bad or, you know, cantankerous or... You know what I'm talking about. Like you, you know, people can be into all sorts of weird shit, but being into pinball is is not that strange. I will say this though: there are a lot of people out there that look at grown men who are still into toys and sort of in this arrested state of development, and they roll their eyes at us. I I think men in general get a bad rap, and and I I heard this from from one of my senior leaders in, in this week. Uh, she's amazing. She she is a high up in my company. And when we were talking about nostalgia, she's sort of like, I don't like nostalgia. It's just like grown men who just refuse to grow up. It's like this longing for the past. And I kind of was like, yeah, that's true. But it's also why we love to be nostalgic about stuff. Because I think for a lot of men out there, the period of your childhood was an awesome one. It was a period in which you played a lot. You used your imagination a lot. You played with toys. You had skateboards. You had BMX bikes. You had arcade games. You had pinball machines. You had Saturday morning cartoons. You had gaming consoles that were so exciting to own. Every time there was like a new console that came out, you sort of witnessed uh, the graphics getting better and better every few years. I feel like nowadays... There's nothing quite like that anymore. There's not that surprise and delight. And the internet has ruined kind of everything for all of us. Even though it's connected us, it's sort of made everybody really jaded and sort of, um, I don't know, the imagination that we used to have is gone. And kids don't play like they used to. We all know that. And so I think for a lot of us, we look back at that time with, um, with a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of longing to get back to that sort of simplicity. And I think for for us grown adults now, creating an environment that feels like that, that recreates that feeling is cool. I, I would never look at that with negativity. Uh, there's no denying the fact that the 80s and 90s, while not perfect, I think were a, a, a very enjoyable time of, to live in and especially to grow up in. I can't imagine growing up as a kid today, I, I just couldn't. And, and was staring at social media and all these loser influencers, people with no talent, making millions of dollars, p- shallow, vain people everywhere just bragging about what they're doing on social media and no one's really in the moment. It's pathetic. It is so pathetic. What I like about pinball, what I like about growing up with Street Fighter 
I like that you actually had skills. Like people, people with skills actually had a following. Now that's not to say that there's not people on Twitch with crazy Fortnite skills making millions of dollars because there is. Uh, and that's fine with me. I'd rather you geek out watching Ninja play Fortnite. At least the guy's got talent. And there's a reason why he makes money. He has talent. But these influencers who are just like, look at me. Look how pretty I am. And are hundreds of thousands of people follow these vain people. I don't get it. Anyway. All right. So I would just tell your wife, please love what I love and don't make fun of it. And let's move on. All right. So what else is going on in pinball? So American pinball. Uh, it was in that thread the other day. And it seems like they're getting ready for uh, Oktoberfest is big re-reveal at Texas Pinball Festival. Uh, they're working on the code. I, I, I believe they've adjusted some of the shots. From what I can tell, a few of the games are out there being beta tested. Uh, Ferret, who I believe Ferret was a coder for Highway Pinball. He is working with Josh Kugler on the code. Uh, so they are putting the final finishing touches on this game. Uh, to get it ready. Now, TPF is going to be a big moment for them. This is going to be the, the time when people can jump on the machine and make up their mind on whether or not Oktoberfest uh, is right for them. It's hard to tell unless you play it. And that's all we're going to say. We're not, we, you know how we feel about the theme. There's definitely work to be done on the artwork. Uh, we'll see what the final package is. I look forward to playing it. I also look forward to getting Josh on the show uh, post-TPF, as he said he would, all right? All right, what else is going on in pinball? There's not too much, right? There's not too much. But at Jersey Jack Pinball, they have a new customer. So Iceman, he was in on a collector's edition. He was out on a collector's edition. He saw the latest stream they did. I believe it was on Valentine's Day with Jack Danger. That stream alone led him to order a collector's edition Pirates of the Caribbean. And I want to say uh, that's good. You know, great. I think when people watch a stream and they see the game play and they understand it better and they want to go in and get a Pirates, uh, now's the time to grab one because there are not going to be that many Pirates of the Caribbeans available uh, come April. We know that March is the final production date for that game. Uh, I still am on the fence about whether or not I need to believe people who tell me it's the greatest game of all time. If it was the greatest pinball machine of all time, just ask yourself one question. Why would they stop making it then? I, you know, it's just, I, you know, I have to, I have to go off of the data and the insights I have and the reality of the situation. Uh, I, 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 I get that you guys love it, but there is no way the greatest pinball machine of all time would cease production. And, and that all these other people are failing to see what you see. You know, I, I, when I asked Ben Heck last night, how is Pirates at Sunshine Laundromat? And the first thing he said to me, game wasn't working right. Something wrong with the flippers and the the the, uh, the shooter lane was like off center. So it wasn't plunging the, the ball properly. And there you go again. You know, it's a great game when it's working. But there are just so many uh, instances where these games just don't work right. And especially on location, Jersey Jack games seem to be a handful for, for people. All right, so what else is going on? So, uh, all right, so here's the thing. Before I get into Stern, is there anything else I want to talk about? You know what? I'm going to leave Stern 2019 plans until the end. And I'm going to read some emails first, and then I will get to it. All right, how's that sound on episode 317 of Canada's Pinball Podcast? Just pulling up my emails. One second, gentlemen. All right, 
All right, I'm going to start here. Episode 316 from Jeff S. He writes, Canada, your loyalty program episode had me stop in my tracks a few times. First, I thought the Canada plan was real. I was actually thinking it would work and wanted to suggest raising your price to $100. Then I learned it was a joke and that Stern has started a new program. I'm on the edge of seat awaiting details as you describe and comment on each feature. Finally, you announce your program will now be free and suggest it should be free for other sites. That makes sense. Why charge people to learn something sooner? This topic was a roller coaster of fun. He then goes on to say, you are still off base on pirates and will probably change your mind after playing one. I boldly predict you will buy a Jersey Jack Pirates of the Caribbeans or GNR this year, 2019. All right, Jeff, let me tell you right now. Okay, I'm just going to make this a, a known proclamation. I will never buy a Pirates of the Caribbean pinball machine. Never, ever, ever. And it's not because I don't think you love it. It's not because I don't think the pin is great. I don't like the theme at all. And this is something that I don't think people really understand the importance of theme in pinball. For some people, it might not be that much. But for others like me, especially because I have very limited room, I don't want to own something that doesn't bring me happiness even when I see it turned off. And there is nothing about the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise that makes me want to own one, okay? And that's that. And I think the power of theme uh, is so important. And it doesn't just mean it has to be a licensed theme. It, here's the thing. There are plenty of licensed themes that don't turn me off that I'm open-minded about exploring. For example, I'm not the biggest Iron Maiden fan but I'm open to exploring an Iron Maiden pinball machine. I, I kind of have to be honest when I say I, I sort of hate the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I, I, I think the first one was good so many years ago, but recently they were so bad that they turned me off. And, and I think if you have a theme that just turns you off, you're not going to want to own it. All right, Jeff goes on to say, what you can't tell without standing in front of pirates is one, how immersive the game is, two, how easy it is to understand your progress just reading inserts, matching lit insert colors, and looking on the main screen, number three, that the pin is based on the franchise layout, art, sculpts, sounds, and cabinet art, and it feels like it, that's not a bad thing. You prefer it to have likenesses and voices, and it doesn't. It is still a Pirates of the Caribbean pin that is done in a tasteful way. Four, how painless and fun it is to learn the characters. You'll soon have a few favorites, but it's not stressful to pick one you've never tried. Five, how challenging it is to collect gold. Six, how good the bottom of playfield is. Seven, how useful the upper flipper is to making five shots. Eight, how easy it is to start multi-balls. Nine, how well the game keeps and displays scores. Oh man, if we're like, if we're now applauding games for the fact that you can actually see the score, we're, we're, we're in for, for a ride, people. Number 10, how deep the code is. Number 11, how broad the game is. Number 12, how fun it is to blow up the Dauntless with Cannonball. And number 13, how fun it is to plunder from opponents. Lots of things to make this game greatest of all time. Overall, I have a general idea of what I want to do when I step up 
but playing soon results in a mix of planning, reacting, and avoiding exciting. Say hi to Brenda and Bubba. All right, so here's the thing, Jeff. You just gave me 13 reasons why I should love Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't want anyone to ever have to tell me there are 13 reasons why it's the greatest of all time. Uh, I, I think a pinball machine should be more easy to get into. And I'm look, I look forward to playing it. I, I, this game, it just it, it, it hangs over this podcast like a black cloud. I, I, I don't think people are going to stop until I change my mind on Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, that being said, in a week or so, I think it's next weekend, I'm going to go play Pirates of the Caribbean at Sunshine with someone who's going to show me the game. Will my mind change on this game when I play it? We shall see. All right. That's that's all I'm going to say on Pirates. All right. I got an email from from Cam. Uh, you know, I, I, I played his audio clip in which he talked about kids and pinball. He said, hey, Chris, thanks for your response today. And while I get that millions of kids are playing Fortnite and LOL type games and not nearly as many playing pinball, I'm still sticking to my opinion that there will be plenty of. Uh, each year for decades to come that will be buying and playing pinball machines just as it's been for the past several decades. We'll have to tickle the issue for podcast number 9,025 30 years from now to see if I'm right. All right, well, we'll see. There's no way pinball buyers will continue to increase or stay at this level in the future. There's just no way. There is no way. It is wishful thinking. Uh, I think pinball has another five years left before we start to see a real decrease in demand. There's just going to be so many games out there uh, that at some point you're going to run out of themes and you're going to have oversaturation of games. And we're going to all realize that maybe we don't, you know, I think you're just going to run out of all, all those things are going to combine to just make it so uh, people will get, uh, I don't know, fatigued with, with constantly going in on new games. It's also just going to be super hard for manufacturers to make a profit with so much out there. And when the used pinball market really becomes more attractive, why would you go buy the new stuff when all these beautiful games in collector's homes go up for sale and you're saving thousands of dollars? I got an email from Dave Whitting. You remember CEO Dave, our SWAT session guy. He says, hey, Chris, sorry for being so slow to respond. As I think I mentioned, he's in the process of doing something with his business. Uh, so he said, I'd love to do another SWAT with you maybe this weekend or next weekend. Uh, P.S. Uh, that was a pretty damn impressive uh, ad that you did with Stella. Given your position in the industry, I can't believe the pinball companies are not banging down your door for marketing help. Well, Dave, we all know why. They all just think they know how to do it. They also think that they don't need to market. And look, Stern Stern doesn't really need my help. Everyone else could use a little help on how to get these games to market. And my advice is always open for anyone who needs it. Uh, but I can't help games like the, the, the Team Pinball's The Mafia. That's where I draw the line. All right, and Dave, we'll do it soon. We, we will do it soon. I got an email from Hailing Frequencies. Stern themes stuck in the 60s. Hey, Kaneda, I was thinking about Stern's themes lately and the rumored themes ahead, and it seems like there is an infatuation with themes from the 60s, which I think may be leaving buyers in the dust. First, we had Batman 66, a theme that was heavily championed by Lyman Sheets, but also a show syndicated through reruns based on a version of the Batman IP that is in a bit of a renaissance with ongoing comic books and movies. Most recently, we had Beatles, 
based on the 1964 incarnation of the band. I feel like the buzz for this particular era of Beatles has cooled as we get further away from that moment in time. Finally, The Munsters, another show that aired in the 60s. John Borg has gone on record saying he really pushed for this theme. Looking ahead, there are some more titles coming that may be from the same era. Toho, Godzilla, James Bond. I understand that there is an aging pinball market that is nostalgic for themes from this time period. But I also feel like there is a group of 30 to 40 somethings just getting to their midlife crisis disposable income years that are getting left behind. Working in marketing, you probably see that 80s and 90s nostalgia is hot right now. So why are we stuck in the 60s? Do you think there are factors internally at Stern that are pushing for these older themes? Does Stern need younger blood in-house to help push for more relevant themes? Or do you think uh, they should stick with the 60s and overcrowd? Best RD. Well, first of all, thank you for the note. Uh, I, I would love to address this right now. Here's the thing. The assets from the shows from the 60s are plentiful when you let license those IPs because the actors back then did not have the rights. Uh, they, you didn't have to sign the rights for each individual actor, right? So that when you license the IP, the, the studio owned everything. So I think that's one reason why Stern looks at these older themes with um, with bright eyes because when you do Batman 66 when you do the Munsters you see how you can give us everything we want and everything we remember from those TV shows because Stern's licensing agreement gives you everything and they just have to license it once from the studio they don't have to go back and license each individual actor that gets a lot harder with more modern themes uh, even stuff from the 80s and 90s you know not the contract started to be more difficult uh, if you want to secure everything from the license. Now, that being said, I still think the 80s is the prime decade to go back to if you want to get the mass audiences in. Stuff like Ghostbusters, stuff like Goonies, stuff like Back to the Future will trump stuff like Munsters and Batman 66 without a doubt, okay? So I think... Anything from like late 70s, early 80s into 90s, I think is pinball marketing gold. And I'm surprised we're not seeing more from that era. And I hope we do. I still wish Ghostbusters could be remade. I, I uh, am also hearing something about Alien. And I know Fox is shopping around to have another pinball company make a better version of Alien. And I've heard that rumor many times. And I think we're going to see uh, Alien be remade by a new pinball company because uh, they are not happy f over at Fox with what happened with Highway Pinball. But I would love to see a lot more themes from the 80s and 90s for sure. And I think the sales would also be much better. Let's see what Deep Root has because we know they secured an 80s theme. All right, I got an email from, let's see, do, 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 Jonah Gill. He just said, just wanted to say, uh, Johan, Johan, sorry, Johan Gill. Just wanted to say, rock on, best pinball podcast this century. Cheers from Sweden. Well, my brother from Sweden, thank you so much for listening to the show. I'm glad you enjoy it, and I'm glad that we're the best pinball podcast of the century. Who knows? Who knows? 100 years from now, will, will anyone ever be able to match a Canada's pinball podcast? Uh, I got an email from, let's see, Jeff S. He said, Pirates of the Caribbean open invite. Chris, I bought 
prior to the Caribbean and have had it for four days. Wow. I wish I could show you my game. No boring 30-minute tutorial planned. A five-minute overview followed by an hour hands-on four-player game. When you graduate, you will see how great this pin would look and work sitting behind, or sorry, sitting beside your Batman Super LE. And you will learn to accept Pirates of the Caribbean as a decent and non-offensive theme that makes you want to play it. When is when the next time he said the next time you come to Atlanta, come down and we'll hang out. Awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you again. This seems to be the game that everyone wants me to love. I'm going to do my best to keep an open mind next week uh, when I play it with someone who knows how to show me the rules and what is going on in that game. All right. Anything else going on in pinball that I want to mention? Something that's interesting as we go into Stern 2019 Uh before I do that, I want to tell you guys, if you own a Paps Blue Ribbon machine, you know what's cool about it? You can download the code from Primus Pinball, and you can upload into PBR the entire Primus code that is out there and available. And guess what? It transforms your PBR into Primus Pinball. It is, it is, it is fun. You can actually have a Primus game without having to pay Primus a dime because the code is exactly the same. Uh, it's because it's the same exact game as Primus, same switches, same everything. Uh, so that's a way to cheat and actually own Primus without having to buy Primus. All the music's there. I played one that had it like that. It's super, super awesome sort of way to sort of game the system over at Stern. All right. So here we are, half hour into the show. I'm still a little, I don't know if you can tell, I'm a little woozy from my fall last night. And maybe that's why I've decided to wake up and just give you what I know about Stern Pinball's 2019 plans, okay? And now some of this is rumor, some of this is as good as fact, and all of this I'm hearing from very reliable sources, so you can take it with a grain of salt, or you can run to Pinside and take credit for it, but this is what I know. So okay, so get your pen and paper ready. Um, other pinball podcasts out there, you feel free to use this. Please credit the source as Canada's pinball podcast. Marty, I hope, I hope we can bury the hatchet. I know you're doing a show for Monday. Let's put this on head to head too. This, this is as good as it's going to get in terms of sources on what's next at Stern pinball. All right. Now, first I have to like, look up something real quick because this is a date that you're going to want to know about. And okay, let's see. Do, 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 because at this show, a new Stern Pinball machine will be revealed. So I just want to make sure I get the right dates for you guys. All right. Let's see. Okay. Here we go. All right. You ready? Drum roll, please. Canada's Pinball Podcast giving you Stern Pinball's 2019 pinball plans. Uh, subject to change, uh, and maybe they might hear this and start to move stuff around because I know they get really annoyed when I talk about this stuff. So here we go. Here's what's going to happen in 2019 according to my sources the most the most powerful one is the first one and i think that this has already been speculated many times over in fact i don't even feel like i'm leaking this because the more i talk to people it's like it's like they give this information back to me and as if they already know it so here's what here's what the deal is the next stern pinball machine the next game coming out the next game going on the line is steve ritchie's game and it is an original game by Steve Ritchie. Now, I have not had 100% confirmation on what the title will be, but I keep hearing that it will be Black Knight 3000. And this is um, Steve Ritchie's game 
that will be, and this is the other part that I'm hearing, this will be the last game that Steve Ritchie does with Stern. Now that part I'm not 100% sure on, but I keep hearing that that is it, that this is going to be Steve Ritchie's sort of final swan song game over at Stern. He's not that old, but I I, I find it hard to believe that he's ready to retire. So that part uh, I'm not 100% sure on, but I'm hearing that this will be Steve Ritchie's last game. The other part that I'm hearing is that um, this game will be coded by someone who's completely new to coding games over at Stern Pinball. The coder of Black Knight 3000 will be no other than Tim Sexton. So he is doing the code on the game. How do I know this? Well, you know, Tim has friends in the New York area and they talk to people and that's how I know it. So I'm here to confirm for you on Canada's Pinball Podcast that Steve Ritchie's next game will be coded by Tim Sexton. Now, the other part of this is when will this game be revealed? And I'm about to tell you right now exactly when Stern plans on revealing this game. This game will be revealed at the Midwest Gaming Classic, which is Friday, April 12th um, through Sunday, April 14th. So Stern Pinball's next game will be revealed in mid-April. So there you have it. We will see what it's all about. Now, here's the other part I heard. And this is from other sources close within Stern. I am hearing that Stern Pinball is really nervous about this game. That they are really nervous that it's going to sell and they are anxious. And if you think about it, they have a big reason to be anxious because this this breaks away from the mold over at Stern Pinball. Uh, Stern is so used to uh, the same formula of license IP and then... Uh, you know, that equals sales because they don't have to worry about creating a lot of hype because they know that people are into these properties. But here we go in original IP. Now, Steve Ritchie, the king of pinball, the self-proclaimed king, he has enough clout and power to convince them to let him do an original IP. And maybe this is sort of a response to how sort of handicapped he felt uh, handicapped, handicapped, sorry guys, see again my head, Handy. what's a handicapped? He was handicapped by Star Wars so much, and we heard that, he wasn't happy with how hard it was to make Star Wars because of all the restrictions with the license, and so this was maybe in response to that where Stern was like, alright, if you do it on your next one, we'll let you just run wild with it and create whatever you want. Now, here's the thing, when you're an open IP, like Black Knight 3000, right? They don't have to pay any money for the license. What that means is we should see a lot more in this game from a mechanical standpoint because there is absolutely no money that has to go to the license when it comes to the bomb of the game. So will Black Knight 3000 be a completely unique and mechanically spectacular game from Stern? Will a lot more be put into it? Now, if that's the case, why are they nervous over there about the game? What what do they know that we don't know? Uh, so we'll see in mid-April. We've got a couple months to go now before we see that, but that is the latest of the next Stern game. Uh, I can tell why Stern might be nervous, though, because they have to keep the line going. If this game comes out and it doesn't resonate with people and it's a little bit of a flop, uh, that Stern is not used to that. And remember, just ask one question. What was the last original IP game that Stern released and how well did it do? Original IP. And if you go back, 
it's it's even really hard to find an original IP game that Stern has done in the last 10 years. I, I, I think the only one I can think about, and it didn't sell well, the only one was Woe Nelly, right? That was the only one that was a, a, a Stern-produced, manufactured game. And so I, I can imagine they must be really nervous. Okay, so what else am I hearing about Stern in 2019? I'm hearing that we're not going to see James Bond or Spider, sorry, Superman 78. Those are not games that I'm hearing are going to happen. Okay, now, oh, I, I forgot one thing on, on Steve Ritchie's game. I don't know who's doing the artwork. Uh, I don't think it's Christopher Franchi. I don't think it's Zombietti. Uh, who will they get to do the art? Will they get the artist who did uh, Black Knight 2000? Will they go back and, and use the original artist? I'm not sure. I just don't know who is doing the art on the game. Now, that being said, too, we are very used to incredible art on all these recent Stern games. So I hope that the bar is equal, if not raised, with this original IP game. Okay. So that means, what does that mean? That means that Steve Ritchie will never come on the show. That means I'll probably never get any more Stern people on the show. Uh, but that is what their plans are. Now, no uh, Superman 78 and no James Bond this year is what I'm hearing. Now, here is what I'm hearing. The other two milestone titles will be from Stern Pinball in 2019. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? This is what I hear is coming out from very reliable sources. This summer... Get ready, get your deposits in, get your money ready. I am hearing two major titles. I am hearing Jurassic World will be a stern game coming out in 2019. The dinosaurs are back. A little questionable on the timing as the second Jurassic World movie was not the best, but it it is nice that Stern is going back to the jungle and we are getting a Jurassic World game with dinosaurs, and I, I think this can be a lot of fun if done right. It's also nice that they're going to a more recent IP. Uh, I think Jurassic World, the first movie, was incredible. I would love for them just to make the pinball based on that movie. The second movie was bad. I wouldn't even bother with it. Uh, but it's nice to have a dinosaur-themed game. You know, that Jurassic Park theme song is so iconic uh, in a modern game with modern display, modern sound. And we all love the Daddy East Jurassic Park game, uh, which is the bar when it comes to Jurassic Park. So that is what I'm hearing. Jurassic World will come out from Stern Pinball. Now, great. Huge, huge theme. Even bigger than that, I'm hearing that the rumors are true that Brian Eddy's next game is Jaws, and Jaws is being worked on, and we should see Jaws sometime this year. So, Steve Ritchie original, Jurassic World, and Jaws. I'm not sure on the order of Jurassic World and Jaws, though. I, I, I don't have confirmation on that. The other big news that I heard is that Stern did secure another license which is based on a very popular TV show of today, and that is Stranger Things, that Stern has the Stranger Things license. And when will they make that game? Uh, not sure, but that means it could be anytime uh, soon. Now, this, this, this leaves a lot of questions. Right? This leaves a lot of questions for me because it also raises the questions of, well, when is Elvira 3 coming out? And is that coming out in fourth quarter. So maybe we're going to see Black Knight 3000. Then I think it makes sense in the summertime to hit with Jaws, right? And then it makes sense to hit with 
Elvira or Jurassic World. I don't know. Maybe it's right. Jurassic World and Jaws feel like two summertime releases to me. So I'm not sure how they're going to do that. Maybe we see April, May. See, the problem Stern usually does a game every three to four months. So it makes sense. You have Monsters, then like three to four months later, you have Black Knight 3000. Then three to four months later, you're either going to have Jaws or Jurassic World. And then you're going to have a fourth quarter milestone title. Will it be Elvira or will it be something else? I'm not sure. But we know Elvira is also in the mix. We know that uh, Toho Godzilla is in the mix. We know that uh, Stranger Things might be in the mix. So a lot of options. Now, here's the thing, too, about Stern. And we know this. They're always designing a lot of games simultaneously. And they've really been ramping up their programming department and their coding department. And we know that they can design a game and get it to market pretty quickly. And now that the code department is pretty big, I think Stern can have a variety of titles to pick from uh, in terms of what goes on the line next. And and that's going to be you know an interesting thing to see how it rolls out. Now, what does that mean if that is the case for 2019? Uh, I think it becomes a very interesting year. You know, what are we going to see from Deep Root? When are we going to see Willy Wonka? What will Jersey Jack's plans be? But 2019 is starting to shape up to be another very exciting year for pinball. In fact, I think it's going to be much better than 2018. If you look at the Twippies for 2018 best games, I don't think a lot of stuff was like, wow, like, holy crap. You know, I think 2019 actually is going to shape up to have a much better selection of pins. So that's what I'm hearing. I might be right. I might be wrong. Uh, but I'm definitely right about Steve Ritchie's next game being at Midwest Gaming Classic. That is absolutely happening. If it doesn't happen, it's because they listen to this podcast and they're just going to move it to try and prove me wrong. See, I know I, I always put them in a little bit of a quagmire. It's always a dilemma for Stern uh, when, when, when Canada has to spoil their plans from a marketing standpoint. But we already knew this. You know that Steve Ritchie's game is coming. Those of you... In the inner circle of pinball, you guys all know this information. You all share it. You all talk about it. But only on this podcast will I actually go out and let the rest of the people hear about it without having to pay me any money. So welcome to the Canada Pinside Pinball Podcast Insiders Club. You're all part of it. I will let people know exactly what I hear when I hear it. I don't think we should hide information from the community. And and if everyone wants to sort of talk amongst this little inner circle, uh, you know, and you have information you want me to air on this podcast, happily send it to me. I will happily air it out for everyone to hear and speculate about. Because that's what's fun. I mean, it's fun to speculate about what's next on, on pinball. Sorry, on pinball podcast, right? All right, guys, I feel like maybe I should go to the doctor. Do, is this... Was this podcast okay, or did I just sound like I I hit my head really hard and I'm just in a a babbling, incoherent mess? I don't know. I think it wasn't too bad. All right. Well, there you have it. 2019 Stern Games that are coming out. That's the plan. Go to Pinside. Take credit for it. Don't mention this podcast. You might get banned. Everyone, love you so much. And I want to close out by saying, listen to... Uh, Ken Cromwell's Special One Lit podcast. The last episode was great. He called for a pinball podcast, sort of ceasefire, same as I have. Uh, and let's all do it. Let's all get along. Let's let's do each other's show. I, I apologize publicly to anyone who's been offended by this show or by me. Ryan C, Marty, you guys know it. Come on, man. Like, let's all just bury the hatchet, get along, and do each other's shows. I think it would be great. It would be awesome for all all you out there. 
to see us all get along a little bit better. We're not competing. We're all talking about the same stuff. Uh, and that's pinball podcasting. Uh, we should all get along, right? I also think all of you out there should check out as uh, Greg and Zach did a straight down the middle review of the Munsters uh, pinball. Really awesome show. Love those guys' reviews. And I think they rated it at a B. But what's great about it now is Greg is doing the reviews and they're having two other people score the games as well. And that will tally up the final score for the game. I think Zach has sort of stepped to the side a little bit because he's now distributing uh, at Flipping Out Pinball, which is great. Uh, so I think he's you know realizing that it's a little hard to be a distributor and give your completely honest review of the game because you, you still want people to buy the game, right? Uh, but great show. Those guys just continue to make, the, I think, the best uh, YouTube reviews of pinball that, that, that is out there. And so love the new format, guys. Keep up the good work. Everyone, have a great weekend. Uh, we'll be back real soon. I'm going to just go, go to bed. I'm dehydrated. I've hit my head. And look at the picture of me on the ground just staring up at the ceiling with a little smile on my face, dreaming of another Twippy for Best Pinball Podcast. I'll talk to you guys real soon. Thank you,